podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the not Nina Kauser show. I always forget what I actually call this show. Yeah, it's it's a good day for me, people. Some people probably know it was my birthday. I wasn't really dreading this game, to be honest. I was just chatting with the lads there. Easy, probably the most relaxed I've felt coming into a United game, even earlier in the season when they were dreadful as well. But yeah, it was a nice birthday present. From Man United, I should say, not from Liverpool. They did their bit, but Man United gave me a lovely birthday present today of not turning up at all, maybe for five minutes. But Christ, we will get into that. Uh, I have three guests for me because we do- we double booked. Uh, Chris, how are you doing, Chris? I'm good. Happy birthday, guy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's been a it's been a fun one. Uh, we also have Justin. Well. Uh, we'll obviously speak more about this, but there's something that United did show me today, which is that it is possible to be on the beach when you have something to play for. Well, it's a hell of a beach. <laughs> uh, we also have Mark Roberts. How are you doing, Mark? I'm very good, Guy. Thank you. Yourself? Nice birthday I... for you. Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. I've got two birthday cakes to get through, which helps having, which is going to be fun for the next bloody few days. Not good for the, the waistline, but hey-ho. But that'll do. That will do. Lads, well, we'll get to a call straight. I mean, if, if Kieran is ready, you ready, Kieran? We'll get to you straight away. I am, yeah. There we go. What I mean, firstly, your thoughts on the game, and then any questions you want to ask the lads. I uh, just, just, uh, just thought it was uh, a thoroughly dominant performance. Um, it just shows you that um, the golf and quality between us and them is just. Absolutely staggering. I don't think it's ever been as big as this, even when they were good and we were crap. Um, mm. You know, I just could, I just, I, it's just the, 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 the levels of just, just absolutely staggering at this moment in time. Um, I th- uh, you know, I thought uh, Tiago again was once again proving that he is a vital, vital player in that midfield of ours. I thought. His passing was absolutely sublime, you know, and you know I just thought it was a good night's work from everyone. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we will definitely focus on Tiago a bit more as we get into the game, but I mean, Justin, I'll start with you, I, Tiago. I, I don't think in Liverpool, or some well, some people in Liverpool fandom, I think we've seen a couple in recent times, but uh, have almost doubted him. But uh, these last couple of games, especially, I always thought he was never an issue in this season. He's been spectacular. But these last two games, I mean, against City in a semi-final and against United, regardless how crap they are, he's just ran two games there. Yeah, I mean, he's just an incredible footballer. He he, he knows how to play perfect pace. He knows when to speed us up. He knows when to slow us down. And he's just, uh, you know, very, very, very good at, doing what he does, which is something that no other midfielder in the world could do for us, which is actually just not be all gas, no breaks. He is a great application of skill and feel for the game. And it was on per- it was on display today. He he you couldn't get near him if he tried. It was it was wonderful to watch. It really was. It really was. We will return to Tiago quite a bit because he did quite a lot. But Mark, I'll I'll come for you, come to you for the second part of Kieran's point that the gulf between United, I mean, I noted this down for later in the podcast to talk about, but we, we've we had, Liverpool, that is, we've had worse teams than that United side. Maybe not that one on the night because he had a lot of injuries and stuff like that, but like the Hodgson era days, the Brendan 
late days and early days. But I've never seen a Liverpool team as unarsed as that United team there because there is talented players there. They're clearly not showing it and not bothered by it. But the gulf's obviously massive. But the level of just effort is even bigger than the talent gap. Yeah, and that that's the unforgivable part, really, isn't it? As you say, as a fan base, we've had our turgid times under Hodgson and the game that sticks to my mind was Martial's debut when Benteke scored and then oh, straight after that almost Martial went up and but you're right but we still put the effort in and it was interesting hearing Carragher and Neville talk about that on commentary because obviously Carragher was a part of some of those turgid teams but he was saying he could never really remember him giving up like that and it's just shocking to see, really, isn't it? Your closest rivals, and as Justin said beforehand, it's they still had something to play for. If they win tonight, they go fourth level with Tottenham on points, behind on goal difference. And to turn up at your closest rivals and put in a performance like that, their fans must be absolutely livid. It's not just the, the golfing class and the quality of player we know that, but not putting any effort in at all. It's just unforgivable, really, isn't it? Their Absolutely. fans can't tell you because they went home. <laughs> Again. <laughs> they, they went home. They're gone. Listen, I can send you a photo of it. We're about 70th minute uh, or something like that. They're gone. I'm sorry for interjecting, but they were no, fucking no. shit. They, this is what you call them. This is the worst Man United side that's ever come to Anfield in my memory. The worst. Mm. They fucking couldn't give two shits. They were turbo trash. Actually, do you know what? They were a super... You remember how Street Fighter 2 had multiple editions of being turbo something or the other? This is the Street Fighter 2 turbo, turbo, turbo Man United in regards to how shit they were. <laughs> That's how fucking brilliant it is. I'm going to carry on listening to you guys because I'm going to be driving soon, but up the fucking top of the league, Reds. There it is. That's Horinda, our match report. <laughs> uh, United are shit. Very shit. Uh, but yeah, the, it, it really is embarrassing. We'll we'll touch back on United as we go through, but they did not touch the ball that much, so maybe not. <laughs> uh, Chris, I'll start with you. Cheers for the uh, call in, by the way, Kieran. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you for the starting 11s. I mean, we'll go through uh, both the teams. We'll start with ours. Um, Allison, Trent, Matip, Van Dijk, Robertson, Hendo, Fabinho, Thiago, Salomane, Diaz. <clears throat> now, this is where it gets interesting. David De Gea, Phil Jones. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Phil Jones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Harry, Harry Maguire, Lindelof in a back three. Well, it was basically a back ten, but a back three. Then it had one Basaka right wing back for a half of football. We will come up to that. Paul Pogba on for about five minutes before he could be asked anymore. Nemanja Matic, well, the corpse of Nemanja Matic, I should say. Diego Dallo at left wing back. Fernandez was apparently on the pitch, uh, Marcus Rashford and the young lad, Ilanga. Now, yeah, I, ours is probably as expected. I think everyone wants the NFT midfield, but most people understand we have to protect both the lads. So everyone probably expected that team, maybe Naby for Thiago or vice versa. But that United team, Chris, holy hell. Like, I know they've got injuries, but geez, Phil Jones, like, I don't think he's as bad as... I don't think there's much difference between him and Maguire, etc. But dragging him up for a game like this, wow! I I don't understand United's lineup to go against a back three. I I think Ragnick was just trying to lose at this point to start with a back three. I complete like before the pod started, we were talking about Phil Jones. I completely forgot Phil Jones existed until I saw him in the in the lineup today. Um, so I have no idea what they were trying to do. They pretty much set up themselves to get beat you don't play a back three against liverpool as we've seen uh time and time again that's just a recipe for disaster i'm the only thing i'm shocked about is that going into halftime it wasn't four nil instead of instead of the two um with regards to our starting lineup i, I it was completely as expected i did expect uh, both Fab and Tiago to start on the bench just because. Ooh, yeah, I expected rotation. Him. Yeah, yeah, a bit of rotation. I expected Henderson at the six, either Jones or Ox starting, um, mm. and someone else maybe Milner or, or it might have been Henderson, Jones or Ox. I kind of expected a, a wild card start in there. Yeah, but, yeah. 
But yeah, I'm completely fine with the lineup and everything. But going back to Tiago, I had just one note in all caps about him this entire game. He was just taking the piss against Man United. That's it. He just controlled the entire game, slowed down the tempo, up the pace. Like he just dictated everything. That man is crucial for the rest of the games that we have uh, this season if we want to win the rest of the cups. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can't remember what WhatsApp group someone said. I think it might have been you, Chris. So he pulled up at the end and I just went, no, <laughs> no, no. He can he can get subbed off now, and he pretty much did. Um, but, yeah, it's... It, well, well, we'll get into the game, but, yeah, the starting starting 11s were, were mad. Uh, just now, come to you. I mean, we start off the game pretty much quickly. I mean, Allison chops inside. I think it was against Rashford. And that was basically it for Man United in the first half. Uh, they almost tackled Alisson. I think I might have been Fernandez actually. But four minutes in, Diaz scores a goal. It's lovely interplay. And it's nice interplay in midfield. Mo and Trent are racing each other to try and get an assist. It's a nice pass by Mo on his right foot and Diaz just finishes pretty much comfortably. It's, it's almost reminiscent of the 5-0 uh, game earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what you get to. It's, we scored immediately and broke them. It, it, it is, we played through their press, same exact thing we did again in the 5-0. Um, I believe the pattern of play for the, for the pass that, that sprung both Mo and Trent, two players sprung on pass, was Henderson playing into Mane's feet and taking about two of their midfielders out of play, and then Mane basically spinning Phil Jones out wide and just being able to play that ball into wherever he wanted to, because there was no, like, Dalo gets pulled so far out of position, and it, and I think Dalo got pulled out of position by the Henderson Towns as well. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just a lightning counterattack, and it's extremely well executed, and it was the type of game, and, and from there on, that became, that first half, from there on, immediately just became the type of half where United were effectively barking cones. We played around them with alarming regularity, and they just they 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 both couldn't keep the ball, and they just couldn't stop us from advancing the ball. It really was. It was great. I mean, it it just it's just it's embarrassing the, the gulf between. But yeah, uh, just now stay with you for the next thing I noted down. I know you um, understand why why we did this, but the seven minute, the seventh minute or eighth minute clap for um, for Ronaldo. Um, yeah. It, He's obviously gone through a horrid time. Not everyone likes Ronaldo, but even in rivalry games like this, you do you do have to show respect, appreciation, just a bit of empathy. Empathy, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not a fan of his, as most Liverpool supporters are. Um, I'm not a fan of his for a variety of off-pitch reasons, but some yes. of those things some of those things go away when it comes to common human decency. I can. Vaguely, vaguely, you know, understand what he's going through because I've had something. While it's not, you know, that exactly, but something very similar happened to me, and I wouldn't kind of wish that on anybody. So, you know, I think it was a really just a class move to uh, give him, you know, to just you know show some support of uh, show some support for someone who's hurting, regardless of who that person is. Because everybody, everybody's capable of feeling trauma, and uh, you don't wish it on anyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, well, just hopefully he get he gets his head right and his family's okay and and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it, it's a it's a tough time for anyone, um, regardless of a rivalry. Uh, next note, I have Lingard's on for Pogba because Mark Pogba can only be asked for eight minutes seemingly. Yeah, I didn't really see what happened with that. It just appeared that Lingard was warming up. I didn't notice. That he was injured, but maybe just didn't fancy chasing Thiago's shadow any longer. Because <laughs> let's be honest, the way the game had started, that was what was going to happen. And it just ended up being not Pogba, but the rest of Man United's team that were chasing Thiago's shadow for at least the first half, if not the whole game. But yeah, he, he had was, a five again, minute break at the start of the second half. <laughs> it did. And again, the, the reaction from the United fans seemed very split from what I was watching and what I could hear mm-hmm. from, from the telly. It was, there was a few trying to, trying to cheer and show support for him, but the vast majority just seemed like they've had enough of him now. And 
again, they, they let they let him go for free. They bought him back for ninety, hundred million, and he's going to walk out for free again. That's mm-hmm. that's another reason why they're in the state they are at the moment. They're just not a very well run football club at the moment. There, there were rumours last week they were offering him five hundred grand a week to stay as well, which was uh, which probably <laughs> would be it would be funnier I think than him going on a free. Carlsberg um, did new contract offers. That yeah. would be a- it would be brilliant. Uh, I mean, Mark, Mark, I'll stick with you. I mean, you mentioned Tiago that you all, you do what if, obviously. Tiago nearly signed for United under Moyes, if I remember correctly. I mean, that's a lucky escape for him, isn't it? Absolutely. Oh, what, what a player he is. And I can't even put into words to describe just the technique he uses on those passes that just slide along the ground. You can't even see that there's an option there to make the pass. And yet, not only does he make the pass, but it's the perfect weight on it, the perfect spin on the ball if it's not direct to feet. He is just an absolute joy to watch. And I know I was listening to the Raw you did with Dave, that you hosted with Dave and Trev, and they were all saying about tweets that had gone out over the weekend and where does he stand in the echelons of Liverpool's midfield. And mm-hmm. he's, he's getting up there now where he's rightly being considered as one of our all-time great midfielders. He is superb, and as the guy said earlier, he just seems to know the tempo of the game, when to take his time, when to do a quick pass. He slows it down when it needs to, and he's almost got like that, the Wijnaldum horse as well. <laughs> he just backs into people, and they just can't get the ball off him. And you look at his passing accuracy stats, and this isn't simple two-yard sideways passes. This is 30, 40-yard pings that he's landed on people's feet. <laughs> It's it's incredible to watch. It's it's a joy. What a player. And we're so lucky that he's ours. And I think Jurgen's using him really at the moment. It's he seems to be starting regularly but coming off in games and rotating a bit with Nabby and he he is key. If we can keep him fit and performing like that till the end of the season, then dreams could become reality, should we say? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not even going to apologise, but this will be Thiago, the first half especially, because that was just a masterclass. It was just absolute fill from Thiago that half, so he will be mentioned quite a bit. Um, Chris, coming to you, I mean, there's a bit more Thiago fill from him. Basically, my note is Thiago is fit. Then my next note is we're battering these, and then two seconds after that, it's 2-0. I mean, I thought the first goal was nice into play, but this... Is just disgusting. Uh, the pass from Mane, I mean, the stuff before it's fantastic, but the pass from Mane to Mo, and we'll talk about Mo getting back on track as well, but that pass from Mane is disgustingly good. It, the touch, the height, everything. I have written down beautiful passage of play, Salah goal, pass from Mane, wow, give Mane a contract too. Ever since he switched to that number nine position where he drops back a little bit, tries to do a little Bobby Light, like he's just turned into a completely different player. Could we dare say that the old Sadio is back, but in a different form? Because, wow. Like even at, even at the weekend and, and today, like he didn't put a foot wrong. I... I'm going to be watching that pass and that that goal by Salah over and over again once the clip comes out on YouTube but like what what else can you say about that goal other than that it was just fantastic and a thing of beauty it, that's that's just vintage vintage Liverpool that's just how we attack those those magic moments where out of nowhere a quick passage of play and and we're in and we and we score Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Chris, I'll stick with you. I mean, the Salah stuff. Obviously, since AFCON, the goals have not been flowing, is probably the right word. I think he was still top five in in the Premier League in terms of goals, but I think it was open play goals, which were the real real struggle then. But I think these last few games, especially the league game against City, where he he had like a 20-minute spell of looking excellent, he got the assist for Mane in that game as well. And bits and bobs in the in the FA Cup game as well. But this was him back to his best. That first half, he was everywhere. He was pressing excellently. 
he got the goal that he deserved. Obviously, got two goals, but we'll come to that in the second half. Probably maybe could have had a hat trick as well, but th- this looked like more back to his best with the goals as well. Oh yeah, definitely. The thing about Mo is that to me, Mo is just more than the goals. Um, like you said before, yeah. um, he he's still assisting. He's still uh, terrorizing uh, opposition defenders. He's still doing what he needs to do. Um, I'm glad he broke his uh, goal drought from open play. I think the last goal he scored was uh, the penalty uh, against Brighton away at the Amex. Um, But yeah, like Mo has just been Mo Mo all season to me. I know like the goals haven't come since, aside from today, uh, from open play against Norwich since February, but I mean, he still plays an integral part. And what frustrated me a little bit um, when he was going through this little goal drought was that people were saying, oh, this is why he shouldn't be extended to a big money contract. Like, he'll sign the deal and this will keep happening. But I mean, if you actually watch him play, you watch his work rate, you watch some of the passes that he that he makes like that pass for Mane's goal against city, the, 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 the cross on his weaker foot, his right foot to set up the, uh, I think it was the Diaz goal, right? The, the mm-hmm. opener was Diaz. Yeah, yeah, At yeah. first I thought it was Trent that, uh, squared it for Diaz to, to bury that. But when you look at the replay, it's him on his weaker foot. So he's so much more to this team than just goals. To me, goals are just a surplus. If you could give me 20 goals in all comps and 20 assists in all comps for Mo for an entire season and we win a bunch of trophies and league titles along with it, to me, that's easily worth the 400 grand or 300 grand or whatever the hell that he wants. So extend them. That's all I'll say. Just to jump in there, just when you're talking about Mo. Just full credit to Carl Clement that I've just seen tweet now. After tonight, Mo Salah has become Liverpool's all-time top scorer against Manchester United with nine goals in ten games. That equals Steven Gerrard's nine goals. But Gerrard played 35 games against United and Mo's done it in ten. And I know when Gerrard was playing, United were a million times better than they are now. (laughs) Not not a league one team. To score nine goals in ten games against yeah. United, and he, and he started, if I remember right, he didn't score against them for the first two free games. Well, it's five it's, this it's five this season, isn't five it? alone this season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but yeah. and and again, as you've talked about on numerous other pods, UP and Raw, he he might not have been scoring, but he's still been playing well and creating and getting in the right places. But hopefully, that two tonight will just kicks kickstart him again on a goal run to the end of the season. Yeah, and he's got a championship team to play next as well. So, you know, that'll be fun. Hey ho, Derby joke there. Or the Derby joke, I should say. Um, yeah, just, I mean, if you want to talk about more as well, I was going to bring up another player that every Liverpool fan loves discussing endlessly on Twitter, and that is Jordan Henderson. But anything you add on one more, uh, want to add on more, if I could speak English there, uh, or we'll just jump straight into Jordan Henderson. That was to Justin, by the way. I've been for a second. No, I, I think let's, let's jump to Jordan Henderson. I want to talk about him. Right. First half, yeah. I thought it was good. good. Second he was half, good. he went a bit wild. But first half, I thought it was his best game for a while. Yeah, you know, it's probably his, first, it's probably his best game since the Goodison Derby. Um, yeah. It's the type of game that suits him. We have a lot of the ball, and the other team doesn't know what they're doing. Like he's, we're, we're going to need these kinds of. We're going if we got this performance from him every single week, which we won't, because not every team plays like this. Um, it would be it'd be fine, but he moved the ball in time. He moved the ball quickly. I think I looked at halftime. He completed forty five of his fifty passes. He created a chance. He kept the ball ticking over, and he found the guys who have more skill than him to do the things that they needed to do, which is really all you can ask for from. You know, from him, and if he's going to be playing in this team at his age with his diminished skill set. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously joint, I'd say joint third with Nappy now. God, imagine saying that a year ago. I'd get set on fire. Yeah, for I mean, it's, it's, 
we're playing a we're playing a four man rotation, but like one of the one of the two players has specialty roles, and like yeah, it's kind of yeah. It, it's a, it's it's all about managing minutes. I, I think the big test is hopefully that you know Anderson's able to keep just something that resembles form and just keeps you know playing like this. What he needs to do mm-hmm. is actually like slow down and have some chill and just not turn the ball over, and he'll be he'll be fine. You know exactly what you're going to get from in those situations, which is going to be the lead runners. He mm-hmm. will progress the ball and he'll clear space for attackers, which is, you know, some of what you need that right side to do, which is not all of what you needed to do. Yeah, I think I think they pointed it out on Sky at halftime. I'm not sure what your probably NBC or ESPN, whatever. Uh, but on Sky, they highlighted uh, uh, Henderson basically doing everything first time. And I think the one criticism, well, not the not the one criticism that would be silly, but what, one of his main criticisms is that. Sometimes he does dawdle on the ball and then he tries either the spectacular pass or he passes backwards. Whether that's right or wrong, whatever. But when he does play quickly, I think that's when you see the best out of Henderson because he gives it and his running, although his running power is diminished, as I think you kind of hinted at, he's still good at making them runs. It's not 13 14 Hendo, but if if he gives it and goes, I think that's where you see the strengths of Henderson. Yeah, I think there's a there's a little bit of a uh, he's trying to manage himself through games, through through ninety minutes, like you know, kind of like Gerard did at the end of his career, where he tried to manage the ninety minutes. But the interesting thing is, he doesn't really need to. We have it. We have people who can replace him from the bench in game, who can you know offer do the same thing if we're playing at a high level or potentially change something if you need a little bit of a change in midfield. Like if you take Jordan Henderson off, you could go to Curtis Jones. He gives you something a little bit different. But you're not going to, you, you don't really have that much of a sacrifice or a loss. So maybe the thing he should be doing is just, even if he's playing from his, the start, not trying to save himself to try to go 90, but just always intense as you can for as long as you can. And then know that you have a, there's a deep enough squad to, uh, to, to replace you. I think that, that might be the key for him to just mm-hmm. kind of stay better as he plays in the rotation. Because that's you know that's what we need from him. We, we're, he's going to play minutes. We need minutes that he's going to play to be productive. Yeah, because I think he I think he got he's got our most midfield minutes, but I think he's been subbed off the most out of anyone in our squad, hasn't he? So you're probably you're probably right with that as well. So yeah, I, I think we've seen Naby in in the recent games literally sixty minutes of just hard running, and then you sub on Hendo. If we see the vice versa of that or the opposite way around of that, I think it could work really well as well. So yeah, yeah, it, it prom- promising from Hendo's. I think the word you go for there. It, it, if we get a full, well, sixty to seventy odd mins of him before he gets subbed off or whatever, that's what we need. We we need the options in midfield. Cause Jones, I know you like him, just I know plenty of people like him, but he's probably not on the level of the first four. Milner's Milner and Elliot's kind of disappeared after his injury. Um. Which rightfully so, but yeah, we we need we need Henderson. So every Liverpool fan wants Henderson to play like he did in the first half. There. Um, if I could interject about yeah, him, real on. quick, yeah. Um, one thing that he was doing, which he didn't do against the league game against City, which was driving me crazy. He was covering the fullback position when Trent was pushing up. He wasn't trying to be a marauding uh, midfielder today. So he picked mm. his moments where he moved up and down the field. And like you guys said, the one-time passes, that's when he's his best. And we got to remember that I think we're going to start seeing him on the bench more than we would like. I, I know he's the captain, but he's going to be 32 uh, this summer. And we can't forget that the injuries that he had are going to start taking a toll on his legs. So... Like if we could manage him properly, like using him today was was absolutely perfect. I don't think we can expect him to do multiple full nineties. Oh, I think like like we used to. You, I'm actually like you know, I, I, I I try to be fair about Jordan Henderson because um, I know that he's obviously a lightning rod as Navi Keita, and I I don't really see the point having an agenda of one against the other when you actually need both of them to play well, right? Definitely. I want everybody on the team to play mm-hmm. well. But the thing with Henderson is, it's not that the injuries are going to take their course. They already have, right? He he definitely, he, he doesn't cover as much ground as he used to. He's not as quick as he used to, right? 
the, the, the player that he was when he was at his best and the player who thrived on intensity and just the ability to get through a slog and do dirty work and solve problems by running. He can't really do that, right? So he is going to have to adapt his game to do that. And some of that might be when he's covering fullbacks to just take a step further back than you thought you would need to because he can't cover runners. But again, he's 32 years old. Time comes for everybody. Yeah, I think he's yeah. going to go the Milner 2.0 route eventually. Yeah, I think I think you could see that. I think he's probably more used as a starter than Mil- Milner probably ever was, to be fair. Um, especially under Klopp, but yeah. We've done enough on Henderson. I mean, it's, a, it's been a season. It's been, well, it's been a every podcast on every platform discussion, I imagine. Um. We'll move on, and Mark, I'll come to, me, come to you. I mean, the battering continues. I mean, Alanga has a little more. Rashford has the odd moment. I've got a note here that Fabinho is breaking into the box, and that just pretty much sums up how that first half went for me. Yeah, it was it was complete domination, really, wasn't it? As you say, they had, they had a couple of moments, but when they put the graphics up at halftime on, on Sky that I was watching, they didn't have a shot. I don't think they had a touch in our opposition in our box at all. Their XG was obviously zero. It was just complete domination. And as we've alluded to numerous times, it was, they just didn't even seem asked. They didn't seem like they wanted to have a shot. They weren't putting any effort in to get to us. And it was it should have been more than two at half time, really, shouldn't it? If we were wanted to, we really could have put our foot on them their throat a lot more and got more than the two we did but I think it's very smart from Klopp that with all these games coming up and fixtures piling high and at the business end of the season trying to conserve energy as well and just got the second goal and we're then comfortable really throughout and if you can conserve energy that way as well then bring it on Yeah absolutely absolutely I mean Mark I'll stick with you I mean a few notes class pass We've discussed him. We'll move on to half time. Martinson fancied a break. <laughs> was technically through the end of the second, uh, the first half, and then the funny technical issues where United had their best spell, obviously, because they weren't playing. And and Sancho, I mean. Sancho's a weird one because we were linked for so long. I don't think we were ever going to get him for the prices connected, uh, uh, rumored for him, and obviously what they paid. But I almost feel sorry for Sancho. But then I remember he pushed for the United move, so I, then I don't. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because from the little bit of United fan media I listened to and rivalry come Harry beforehand, Sancho seems to have been one of their brightest sparks the last couple of weeks, really. So it was a strange one that he wasn't starting, really, especially it's well documented how poor Rashford's been lately. Him starting, Alanga's got potential maybe, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it was a very strange decision and Neville alluded to it in commentary as well, starting a formation like that that they haven't played before under this manager. They wouldn't have had much time to practice it because they only played on Saturday. And starting Phil Jones, who hasn't played <sighs> 18 months since he'd started a league game, did they say? Uh, I think he had one earlier in the season. But yeah, I think, before, I, d- I think before that, I think it was 18 months, yeah. I didn't think he'd started that. Apologies, I mm-hmm. thought it came off. But, and again, after I made a note on 30 minutes when we had a court, he was breathing out of his arse. He looked completely off it. But, but that's on the manager, that, for picking somebody like that in a game like this, away at Liverpool, under the lights, we've just beaten our con- considerably our biggest rivals currently in Man City in a cup semi-final, so we're going to be bouncing. We know we've pretty much got to win every single league game to have a chance of winning the league, and he throws somebody like that in, and he throws a formation like that in. What was he expecting to happen, really? And again, against our front three, with the pace and the movement we've got, and the passing from behind it, it was just an accident waiting to happen. And again, somebody may be able to put in the chat. Eric Bailly was on the bench. I don't know how much he's played lately or if he's just come back from injury, but it, it surprised me with the team that he went with. And as you say, Sancho has been one of their brightest sparks this year. And you'd think that would be a lot more chance of them getting a result 
than playing a formation they've not played before with players that haven't played for two years. It was a very bizarre one, really. I don't know if anybody's got any better insight than that that I have, but I was licking my lips when I saw that team. I might. (laughs) I think one of the things is that United don't understand any of the players they've got. Because if you look at the way in which they play Sancho, they try to play Sancho as a chalk, chalk on the boot swinger, and that's not what he is. He's a he's a guy who links up. He's he's a free attacker and creator who plays as number ten. That's what he was good at doing in Dortmund. He might favor popping up on the left a little bit, but that's so he can cut inside. And he's not, like, yeah, he's a he's he is an attacking midfielder who does that. He is not a winger who's going to sit there and beat people for pace. Trent Alexander Arnold had it. Twice had twenty yard uh, twenty yard distances to close on him and did it with ease because yeah. the thing that Trent that Jaden Sancho doesn't have is that long burst of just outright pace that you need to to be like you know to be the functionary field spreader in a counterattacking side. He's a number ten. He plays the same exact position as Bruno, and playing both of them is not a thing that any of their managers have really, you know, done to a ton of success this season, or both of their managers, because they also don't know how to set up the players behind them. Like, going to a back three when you think you're going to get killed um, is sometimes counterintuitively stupid, because United's worst position grouping is probably their center backs. Yeah. To go to a back three, you're playing more of them. Yeah. You're playing more of your worst players. Like, it's an illogical concept. And it's just not knowing how to scout what you have and not really understanding how to use that in any sort of coherent, coherent uh, technical setup. I mean, you've got Lindelof and Maguire. I think, like, well, we might as well discuss Rania because <laughs> this will be funny. Uh, but adding Phil Jones, I know, is basically what you're saying, but adding Phil Jones, what's that going to fix? Phil well, Jones yeah, was, has not been relevant for four years. All that no, five years. It cleared out your midfield to just say, here, run at this back three. Yeah. Because look at what they had doing the work for them. Pogba, not a guy who tracks back. Bruno, not a guy who tracks back. Matic, my age. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, 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 do you, what do you think is going to happen if you set up like that? Just to cut in there, I, I fully yeah. agree and appreciate what you're saying, that they're not guys to track back, but if they played for a Pep or a Klopp, would they be? Is this down to the manager and the culture of the club? Because again, a note I made was that Neville said, I, I can't remember what minute, I think it was the 24th, 25th minute, that Daddy Omani was back at left-back yeah. defending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and again, yeah, yeah. I've heard this numerous times and it's a debate and we'll never know the answer to it, but if De Bruyne had gone to United rather than City, would he be as good as he is now? Oh, and God, if Sancho yeah. would have got, if Sancho would have gone to City or Liverpool, would he be better than he is now? And and then that the blame has got to lie with the manager. I get what you're saying, and they're not players who track mm. back. But why aren't they? It'd what be interesting to see Pogba at um, Juventus when he had Conte, because I, 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 yeah. I never watched Serie A. But if you could, if we'd have to ask one of the uh, scouted lads or something like that. But it'd be interesting to compare his work rate at a Juventus. Compared to, to me, there's just no excuse not to yeah. do that. And I, I remember, again, when we weren't the best, I remember, I think it was Fulham we were playing and we were 4-0 up in like the 89th minute. And Suarez put it out, was tackling somebody with his head and then going nuts <laughs> that the throw-in had gone the other, the other way. And that was in the 89th minute when you're 4-0 up. It's just, I just can't understand that players get away with that, that oh, they're not players of trap. But why aren't they? There should be a culture oh, at the club that makes them that, and that that's poor from anybody, really. And we're so lucky that we have got ingrained in our in our culture now because of Jurgen, Mo, Mane, Bobby, Jota, Diaz. They work as hard as anybody, regardless of the situation. Of the game, whether we're two 0 up, whether we're two 0 down, they are putting a shift in. Regard, and if they're not, then Jurgen's. But Van Dijk gave it away, Van. Klopp was going nuts at him, absolutely screaming at him. And you look, and I know Ranjek's only an interim manager, but they're, they're doing all this and he's just accepting of it. And it's, it's great as a Liverpool fan to see, but it would just infuriate the life out of me if you had players like that, regardless of how good they are and 
how good an attacking player Sancho can be if he's not putting the hard yards in. He's not worthy of his place in the team. If you think about it, though, look at how United have bought and look at what they have, right? They have players that they... I think, I think Jones was still purchased under Ferguson. If not, he came in under Moyes. They have players purchased... So they, that, they have players still on their books who were purchased under... But I think Ferguson, Moyes, Vettel, Mourinho, and Solskjaer, and now Rangnick, right? Yeah. And United are pretty generous with how they pay wages. So effectively, yeah, yeah. the players were never held accountable. Because they're, you know, Pogba, for instance, you know, they you know, could have been out of that problem. They would have taken a massive loss, but they would have been, they could have been out of that problem. There are teams in Europe who buy Paul Pogba. He'd love playing at PSG. The French League would be perfect for him. Mm-hmm. But they refused to, they refused to take that hit in the name of actually building coherence, in the name of trying to maybe build coherence. They can take the commercial hit. They have the money. It's a very good commercial entity. But at the same time, they just don't understand that if you keep the same players there who are going through multiple regimes and they're always going to survive the managers, you are going to, uh, you know, you're going to never have accountability. And that's how that happens. That's how players don't work. They're never held accountable. Yeah. To, to be fair to Pogba, I think, well, this guy does sound like a United fan. He's, he's obviously an issue and he's become a bigger issue every year it's gone on. But at the start, he must have been in midfields with, God, Fellaini, the corpse of Nemanja Matic, who probably is the best holding midfield, well, the only holding midfield they've ever had. I mean, now it's Fred, now it's McTominay, who are the least of United's issues, but they're not very good. Um, it's If you're buying Pogba, you need to buy people around him, and that's pretty much what the issue is. They buy one per... Like, look, look at last summer. They needed a defensive midfielder, and they spent whatever it was, 30-odd million on Ronaldo and gave him 500 a week. If you bought a... Probably not Declan Rice for that money, but if you bought a Wilf Ndidi from Leicester or something like that, they would have been such a better team. It, it, it's not frustrating. It's funny for us, let's be honest, but if you're a United fan, the romance of getting a Ronaldo back, getting a Pogba back, one thing, but, I mean... It'd be like us getting Coutinho back. Uh, I've written out of people who could bring Emre Chan back or something like that. I'm not sure there's not many. Suarez is probably the best one, even though he's nowhere near the same player. Um, but yeah, it, the romance of that, it's not really... You, you compare them to us, and we're just almost cold, methodically cold, to our purchases. Like, we were linked with Werner for... Pretty much a year and a half, and then oh, he cost set forty-seven million one chunk. Screw that. We'll go get Jota, for example. It it it's just chalk and cheese the way we the way we operate and the way they operate, and it it it's so good that it does being the good part of that. Um, their yeah, board we'll... operates like they're playing on. They're using FIFA scouting and transfer business. Well, I mean, on twelve-year-olds are better at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like. The way that their board has functioned in the past few years is that they just go and find the biggest shiny toy so their fans would just shut the hell up and not protest their games and Glazers out, this and this and that. It's Glazers out, get a new new expensive player or bring someone back and you get your stupid hashtags like Pog back when they brought back Pogba. Oh, and everybody's and everybody's happy, and and they just do it to to appease the fans at this point. It's like it doesn't like when they bought Sancho. It's like where the hell does he fit in? You bought Ronaldo. Where the hell does he fit in? Like, what is your structure? And on top of that, you're not bringing in the right managers, so you have a revolving door of managers. So it does it does. They're they're set up for failure, and like Justin was saying, the players are not held accountable. I mean, it's absolutely unacceptable for a professional to not do their job, and plus the astronomical wages. Like, if I'm being paid three hundred twenty-five grand a week to be subbed on and do a half-ass job, I think all of us would take that because you're going to get paid regardless. But long may their suffering continue, because I hate them. They they ruined so many years for me. Yep, my childhood, thank you. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Ten Hag's probably coming in in the summer, but I don't think that's going to fix anything unless he's bringing 
Ajax team with him, basically, and the board and the scouts and everything. So, yeah, it, it, I don't think they'll be fixed anytime soon. Uh, let's get back to the game. I mean, Mark, I'll come to you. The start of the second half, Man United do improve. I mean, they flip the fullbacks over. Wan Bissaka seems to be a better. A better fit to defend more because he's faster and can slide tackle basically than Dallo. Um, it works for a bit. I'd, I'd probably put it more down to our sloppiness than United. Well, United did improve because it was literally impossible to get worse, but I think it was more down to sloppiness from us rather than a, a huge improvement from United. Yeah, I think you've nailed it there. Really. I think the, the change of formation to the, the back four may have caught us off guard for the first few minutes and Virgil gave it away and Robbo gave him a bit of a, a G and up and then he did something else and clock got on him and I think a, a bit of complacency had maybe sat in which was understandable the way the first half had gone and in my notes I sort of went from 45 to 65 but even then really they didn't really have anything to really worry us. I think Alisson made one save and then there was that was it the rush for chance where he was given offside but yeah, there, offside, was, but... there was that chance where well, I think it was Alanga who was onside and Ali made the double save, didn't he? But again, but... as we've said time and time again, that that's just what he does, isn't it? And that's yeah. why we rightly regard him as the best keeper in the world. He makes key saves at key moments in games. And it's it sometimes when it's nil-nil and it sometimes it was 2-0. But as they said on commentary, a, a goal there does change the whole. It changes the atmosphere in the stadium and... You look at the the cup game on Sunday. The last couple of minutes, then after they got their second, were very very nervy and more chances created. And that's not what we want. We wanted a nice, comfortable night to, to head into the derby and conserve as much energy as possible. So yeah, they were definitely better for that first twenty, possibly twenty five minutes of the second half. But there wasn't really any threat to us, was there? They weren't peppering our goal or creating chance after chance. And mm-hmm. as you said, m- most of it came from our our lacklustre complacency, really, and and they soon sorted that out between themselves, really. And as we build up to the the third goal, just that burst from Robbo that G'd everybody up again and completely killed the game. But yeah, it it wasn't nervy at all, was it? It was more frustrating than nervy that, I suppose, growing up in a a house full of United fans, I really wanted to to (laughs) slaughter them tonight and, and make it as comfortable as possible. So it was just frustrating, really. But... Again, looking back at the game now, there wasn't any any real nervy moments, whether. No, not really. I mean, Chris, I'll come at you for the uh, for the third goal as well. But just before that, Thiago did a diving header pass, which I just had to note down, <laughs> uh, which was fantastic. But yeah, the third goal, uh, uh, Robbo intercepts a pass or tackles, makes a lovely dribble, pass to Diaz, and he does a nice pass to Mane, and the finish is just exquisite. I mean. We've kind of talked around him, but Mane in the central role, I think you mentioned at the start, it's it's almost... Rejuvenate's probably too strong a word, but people were thinking, maybe, I think even myself, I was thinking Mane might be the one maybe worth selling just whilst he's got a bit of value, but this central role's just given him a new life in the team. Yeah, I I would have... I agree with that. With the third goal, especially Mane in the central role, um, with his goal, his third, with that third goal, and I think that's what that was his second. Um, uh, like it was just a typical Mane goal. Like the the difficulty on that goal, is, it was probably astronomically high, but he makes it look simple, and I think. In this instance with Mane, which we've seen in the past before with him, is that when you give him time to think, like he'll more than likely miss the shot or scuff it or hit it right to the keeper. Like when Mane just plays on instinct, like it's just absolutely stellar. And and this goal is just one of the one of the uh one of the prime examples of that. Like just crosses it in, he doesn't even think about it, he just puts the boot out finish in the bottom corner and it's just just what we uh have gotten used to and expect from sadio but yeah i i like him in the central role even though sometimes his first touch is just as bad as mine when i'm playing so 
that, that's the that's the only thing. Like he'll he'll take like they'll pass it to him. Like he'll either bring it down like like Bobby would do, or it would knock off of him and roll like five yards away. So there's no in between. Oh god, no! He's either brilliant or terrible. But then he then he will make up for it like an instant. I think there literally was one where he lost the ball, and then came back and got it again. I might have been at the weekend actually. Uh, but yeah, the, the third goal was fantastic. I am. I think we're nearly up to an hour now, or maybe fifty odd minutes. So we'll we'll try and get through the rest. I, the third goal is lovely. Um, Jota comes on for Diaz. Uh, there's a good duel between Trent and Rashford, which I thought was quite interesting, especially for a bloke who can't defend. Obviously. Um, which will always be funny. Rashford, probably one of their better players on the night. I know he's had a terrible season. Um, Only one of their players who looked like he gave a shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I say best, that's best effort. Effort's basically all you're judging off there. But yeah, he had a couple moments where he looked pretty much quick. But yeah, not not the best season. He seemed like one of the actual only likable United lads. I mean, we, we know his work off out of football, so hopefully for his sake, Ten Hag can rejuvenate his career or he can move elsewhere and get it rejuvenated. Um, Thiago is now slide pass ta- slide tackle passing, which is great. Uh, then Naby comes on for Thiago. And Justin, then it's 4-0. More with a lovely chip. I mean, it's a fantastic pass from Jota. Um, may have came off An- uh, Wan-Bissaka's... Um, Head whilst he was sliding in, but more with two goals, fantastic. Oh, Mo was, Mo was, it, was, it was great to see Mo not only score but kind of take the piss out of them too. Because you know, Tactics Ralph is a you know, decided that he would invert Aaron on Basaka to run down his left and play with Mo, and Mo cuts inside of him, cuts inside of him and scores twice. So that was that was fun, uh, but he 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 looked like he was really on it. Um, him him, you know, he should have also had a third, but he just couldn't get the shot off. But if we can get him fit it, you know, firing like he was in you know September through December, um, uh, down this you know stretch of the next ten games we need to play with how well the rest of the team is playing, it does give us the opportunity to you know really um make some history or do something fun. I, I, I'm not using the word. We're winning two cups if he's playing well. That's how we'll word that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Or two more cups, I should say. Um, but yeah, I Dell, you want to jump in? I mean, we're nearly at the end, Peter. But I assume you are. Hey guys, how you doing? You right? I am excellent, Dell. How are you? I am absolutely four nil. Guy. It's a, crap. It's, it's a pun that doesn't work, but I'll allow it. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's a shit pun, but it's aggregate of nine goals to nil. It is. Uh, I believe. It is indeed. Ah, man. I'll tell you something. The, the whole of Twitter sphere is going on a meltdown with Harry fucking Maguire, Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba, Ten Hag, Ralph Ragnick, and this, that, and the other. Oh. Oh my god, am I not enjoying these salty tears that are coming out from Manchester United's eyes? It is beautiful, I'm telling you. And what caps it off, we've gone top of the league. They can't do fuck all now because they thought they're going to come to Anfield, piss in our parade, fuck off. Yeah. And also, the quad is on. Man City are going to drop points tomorrow against Brighton. Mark my words. And this is now going to be the onslaught to us picking up three more trophies this season. I'm telling you. And by the way, Mohamed Salah has now just kick-started off his, uh, you know, his goal glut. Mark my words, by the end of the season, he's going to score another 15 goals. Ooh, 15. Yeah. Right, Del, if we, if we win the quadruple and yeah. he scores 15 more goals, I'm going to make Nina make you a guest on... A lot of podcasts, because that is some psychic stuff right there. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I just want to say. But um, just a special shout out to Gags. Yeah, so I know uh, he's got COVID and stuff. Yeah, get well, buddy. Yeah, yeah we're absolutely. all thinking of you. We're all thinking of you. 
absolutely get well soon, Gags. Is Gags here? He was in the chat earlier. No, he doesn't. Mm. He only listens to Nina. Of course, it's me. Mm. <laughs> um, but that's it, Del. Yeah. Anything before yeah. you go? Anything else? Yeah. Um, Everton, uh, that's going to be another 6 0. That's what I'm going to say. Again, you, mm. I'm. I'm I'm making Nina put you on a show if we win six no. Yeah, trust me. Trust me. <laughs> right. Thank uh, you. Anyway, for guys. That, you too, guys. Cheers, uh, by the way, guys, this is the best time to be a Liverpool fan. And and those of you who are not joined up with Anthony Index, this is the best time to join up. Absolutely. Especially get I on thought... the pro get on the pro yeah. side as well. <laughs> are you on the pro side? Uh, cheeky plug. Cheeky plug. Right, we will get back to the end of the game. Uh, who haven't I talking to? I think, Mark, we're up to you. Uh, they bring on a lad with awesome hair, and then he sh- maybe should have got sent off. But I mean, listening to Gary Neville on commentary where he's basically over-the-top praising this kid for just looking at arsed, I mean, it, that's Man United. That was to Mark, didn't he? That's what they've become, though, isn't it? And that's yeah. that's that's what we were now, and you, you can see it now. You, I know maybe you can't as much because 2003, boy. But that that's what we were. We were just oh, admiring players that came on and, and put some effort in. And basically, he was praising this guy for fouling our players. And, I and remember Igor Bishkan, you know. <laughs> Hero, him. I remember, Absolutely. Remember when he, Started at midfield, didn't he? And then he had a game at centre-back against Everton and played really well. And then there was calls that we don't need to buy a defender anymore. We've got Biscan. And at the time, you swallow it, don't you? And you can't see it for yourselves. But looking in, that's what they've become. They throw a kid on, who by all accounts is a promising youngster. He shouldn't be coming on in a game like that. And But he showed more fight and more determination than the rest of them put together. He should have been sent mm. off. No doubt he should have been sent off. But again, that's that's sort of what you want, isn't it? And if that was one of our young lads going on doing that, we'd be praising him. But it's a sorry state of affairs that, that that's their highlight of the game, is a young kid coming on and kicking some of our players. Yeah, and I mean, Mark, I'll stick with you. Speaking of kicking, I mean, Bruno Fernandes maybe sent off as well for boot. I think it was, was it Hendo or Robber? I can't remember who boot. Oh, it, was, it might have been Trent, actually. It was Trent, then. Yeah. Pendo ran over and got up in his face, didn't he, and, and called him a fucking baby, which was one of the <laughs> best things Hendo did in the second half. But mm, and again, I think Hendo. taking our red tinted biased Liverpool glasses off, Kevin Cater was lucky as well. Cater yeah, possibly could have yeah. seen red as well. If they didn't show that let, till the Bruno incident, did they? So it like, no, oh. it, it took a while to show. And again, the ball seemed to be dead for a while. And before he went back to then book him, it was like he'd almost forgotten that. He was going to go back and book him, but yeah, if 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 that's the story set out, but the the young kid had had his yellow and then made at least one of, if not two, other challenges that that probably could have gone. And I I think I noticed Atkinson sort of pointed to his watch that there's only a minute to go, so there's no point sending mm-hmm. you off now. But if it was earlier in the game, you'd have to go for that. But yeah, yeah. it's just so so great as Liverpool fans to see, but because we've been there, we've had our rough times where. Well, we were crap, and you're just admiring Jay Spearing coming on, young lad, local lad, and, and putting Jordan some effort in, and, and and that's all you've got to shout about. And and that at the moment they have, and it's fantastic to see. And just as a little side note, I've just put in the chat again now again something else I've seen on Twitter from Richard Jolly that Liverpool have scored more goals at Anfield tonight than Man United have scored Ooh. at Anfield in Jurgen Klopp's reign. And considering Jurgen Klopp is now the longest-serving Premier League manager. That's quite an impressive stat, that. So, up the Reds and screw you, Man United. Right, now that the recorders decided to rejoin, um, we will finish up with man of the matches from each of our guests. Chris, firstly to you. Is it Tiago? And if it's not Tiago, why are you wrong? <laughs> it is definitely Tiago. I would make a shout for Mo, but Tiago ran that entire game. And quick note, I don't understand that United kid, Sideshow Bob, trying to fight everyone. He needs to calm down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Justin, same question for you, uh, Tiago, for you? No, I'm actually going to name Tiago or Mohamed Salah. Um, it is Sadio Mane. Interesting, he, I like it. He, he terrorized him. <laughs> 
and it was fun to watch because, and I enjoy when he does that to teams. And Matt, is it Harry Maguire or is it Thiago or is it Sadio Mane? The correct answer is Thiago. His name is phenomenal, but just just because his name's already been mentioned, I'm going to give it to the guy that was helping Martin Atkinson at halftime sort out his technical difficulties. What a hero he was! Klopp's son. <laughs> looks a bit like him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's Thiago, isn't it? But yeah, big, big shout-out to... I thought Diaz was very good. Mo was fantastic and Marnie yeah. again, but it, it's Thiago. Yeah, every, everyone was everyone was good to a certain degree, I think. Even Martin Atkinson, who was usually dreadful, I thought he was pretty good, to be fair to him. But that's where we'll finish up. Um, hopefully Nina's back for the Merseyside derby, which I think is on Sunday. I believe it is about four, I think. Uh, so hopefully Nina's back then. I'm not sure who the guests are. Ah, uh, you you know me. I'll be in the background of every other podcast you listen to on AI. Um, I'm not sure which ones I'll be on next. It'll probably be rate don't hear off the top of my head. But that's it. Uh, thank you everyone who's been listening. Discord. Thank you everyone who's listened later on as well. We've just tonked Man United nine nil on aggregate over the season. They're shit. We're good. We're top of the league, even if it is only for twenty four hours. Come on, Adam Lallana, and come on, Brighton. Let's go. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.